All right, here we go. We're recording. Uh, so with me today is my dad, uh, Dave McBride. I wanted to have him on the podcast because, well, he's been alive a long time. And uh, wow, yeah, sorry. And uh, but uh, with that, as we all know, comes uh, some good experiences, some really good stories, and uh, we're going to. Uh, try to go through some of those and uh, talk about some other shit that's been going on. Um, for anyone that actually the podcast, I haven't really been recording anything lately because, uh, well, to be completely honest, I was specifically told by my wife after what's been going on in the world when it first went down that it was probably a real good idea for me to not go shooting off my mouth. And uh, as always, she's a little bit smarter than me, so I kind of agree with her is probably a good idea, but uh, we're going to try not to get too into that stuff and talk a little bit more about some some other prior experiences and some fun things, and uh, we'll just see where it goes. So let's see what happens. Uh, episode, I believe this is, I think this is episode six at this point. No, I think we're on episode seven. So uh, thank you for everyone sticking with us. Sorry, I'm going to try to get the podcasts a little bit more regimented on the release times and being more of a weekly thing. So uh, here we go. So how are you doing tonight, Dad? I'm good. I've never done a podcast before. I'm not sure why we all have to be naked. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm down with it. I'm, I'm in for a new thing. <laughs> you know, when you say things like that, people that can't see us are thinking, what kind of weird-ass relationship do these two sons of bitches or have? Or picture naked. Well, uh, and either way, they're losing. Either, yeah, in yeah. either instance, they're losing. You got me there. So yeah. that's not good. But... Uh, no, uh, so my dad was over tonight and helped me finish installing a what is that? Automa- automatic sliding glass door closer. And the idea of it is great. And simple. Yes, I really, really like the idea of it, but... Application was a little yeah, bit... Yeah, that, that kind of sucked. I don't... Man, here's the part that I don't get, is like, I, I'm not completely useless on stuff, <laughs> But I feel useless when I do any home project, like anything. Well, and I've been around and in construction my whole life. I mean, at 12 years old, I was laboring for my dad as a bricklayer. You would think I would be better at construction-minded projects. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to what we were – I was talking to you earlier, though, is like I think some people are just – they kind of got – like with the cop thing is like some people are just – Ship magnets. They're in the right spot at the right time. Yeah. And I think the same thing can be said for the construction. Like, Joe, he freaking, uh, he, don't get me wrong. I've seen him where he has issues too, but he's so good at like figuring out solutions to solve know, the but then problem. Some guys fall into a pile of lumber and a shed pops up. Right. You know? <laughs> I know. I mean, you watch these YouTube videos and you know, somewhere you're like, oh, they edited that. They had to edit that. Yeah. And then other people are like, no, no, I did that from start to finish. That's oh, just yeah. how smooth it goes. Yeah, and I it's, mean, and I get the things that are put, you know, tab A into slot A, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm on slot Z and slot A isn't even on the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make that any better because I can't, I can't seem to. It's weird though because then that being said, there are some times where I will do things and like I think that's that's human nature where you forget the good times. You know what I mean? It's easier to yeah. remember the shit ass times. Yeah. But then the good times, you're kind of like, oh, I rocked that one. Yeah, like and then, but you don't really give it much more thought than that. Like it's done. It was quick. It was easy. Yeah, and it could have gone. Remember? Yeah. Could have I mean, gone. You walk into my garage. I am Tim the Toolman Taylor. I got you <laughs> name it. I got it. Right. And most of them have dust on them because I never use them because everything turns to shit. Well, and I end up throwing it out in the weeds. And, right. You know, but. Well, you remember um, uh, my buddy Dave from college, right? Yeah. His dad, he used to do all those offshore boats. And he built that and, cheap. Well, they had already had it built, but then when I was like, help, when Dave left for Marine Corps, I helped him like redo the back end, which oh, I had okay. no knowledge of whatsoever. He basically, yeah. it was easy to rip it apart. You just unscrew That's stuff. Yeah, you just unscrew stuff. So I was helping him with that. And he told me like when I was at, he goes, hey, because I pretty much did it on my own. He just had that, this huge garage that like, he goes, hey, if you can't find the tool in here, and he goes, let me know. 
and we'll get it. He goes, but it should be in here. <laughs> and man, I spent, I don't remember what part of it was. It was probably super unsafe that I was working under that Jeep by myself for the majority of the time. But it was one of those things that and I'm working. what you were doing. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. Just unscrewing shit, hoping yeah. nothing fell on me and crushed me. But uh, I got to a point where there was like a, it wasn't a bolt. It was like a, it was a main component of the axle that like attached it to something else that I was like, and I called it. And I mean, this was before, you know, being able to text a photo and all that shit. But I told him, I was like, hey, I don't, I can't find anything that would unscrew this. Like, I don't, I don't know how to undo this thing. And sure as shit, it was some weird ass torque wrench thing that, you know what I mean? That like he didn't have and he bought it. He went out, like he showed up with it. Like I told him what it was and he must've known what I was talking about because he showed up with it. And I was like, did you just go buy this? And he goes, yeah. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, now I'll never need it again. And I was like, it's not a terrible way to think, like, especially tools. They're not yeah. going to go bad. Well, and that's it. When I, the, the couple of times I moved here recently, you know, my wife was like, why do you still have this? Or why do you need this? It was like a, a table wrapper that right. I used once on a piece of trim 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Was, why do you keep moving this thing around? I was like, because I may come across another piece of trim that needs routed. Right. And, you know? and that's the thing, too, is like I've found that like I got a whole stack of useless wood over here. That oh, like yeah. uh, just, but it's like you know as soon as you get because every time I clean out the garage, like I've condensed these shelves and condensed them and condensed them and condensed them, and every single time that I do, sure as shit, yeah, I'm like ah shit I just and I re- that's that's the only nice part is when I remember that I did throw it out and I don't spend a half hour looking oh, yeah. for it. I got racks of lumber out on hanging on the backside of my right, shed and it's like for what? Yeah. That's what that's what's so crazy is someone will say like for what and you're like I don't know but it may come in handy like at one point and sure shit well like that little piece of wood I brought over tonight to mm-hmm. do that uh, that door closer thing that thing it's a piece of one by four cedar that was eight feet long and I lopped off a two foot section of it right that I have probably moved to three different houses <laughs> and I only have two pieces <laughs> and we didn't even end up didn't using it, it tonight yeah. so it. worth so, it yeah yeah. But uh, that, so I, uh, I told a couple of people about bringing you on here and uh, one of which was our bro- my brother, Logan. And uh, I was like, man, dad's got so many stories. I don't even know which, uh, which one to, to pick his brain about. And like, I would love for us to just sit here and like be able to like keep talking until a story pops up. But where, you know, I want to make sure that we get to a couple, but one of the ones specifically, and I think it'll lead us into something else, is that one of uh, Uncle Mike when uh, you told him that you were getting picked on oh down God. at the playground. So You know, I, I tell these stories and everybody thinks, man, your brothers are just vicious, evil animals. <laughs> then they meet them and they say, that never happened. I don't remember that. <laughs> well, of course you don't remember it. It didn't happen to you. Well, I think we should also make very clear that so my dad is the youngest of seven. Yeah. He has five brothers and one sister. Yeah. And uh, the one sister was just ahead of him. And then all the rest were brothers. And the sister, I'm sure, just ate shit for years until I came along. And then it was payback time. Right. You know. And so she, she learned from the best. She wasn't as, I hate to use the word vicious, but I just can't think of a better word. <laughs> you know, I mean, they had the, the throw the Dave game, and they had. But the one you're talking about was our deal was the only thing we had to do where I lived was go to little league games that were like a mile down the road. Ride our bikes down there, our bikes. I was by myself. I mean, nobody else was around. <laughs> and we'd watch the game. And you're supposed to be home before the lights come on, which we never were. But at the ball diamond, they had swing sets and whatnot. And I was out. I was out it was over the home run fence and the, everybody was out there to hopefully get a home run ball because then you keep it. And it's like you won the lottery because you got a $3 ball. <laughs> you know, but, so I'm out there by the swing set. There was, I was probably about 12, I think. And there was these two older kids, like 16, 17, that came out there and they started messing with me. And, and I, I told them I thought they were going to beat my ass. I was like, you know what? My brother's got a Marines. So I'll go home and bring him down here to kick your ass. And they said, well, go get him. So I hopped on my lime green stingray and pedaled my ass home 
And sure enough, Michael was there, and I went in and told him, I was like, hey, these two guys were messing with me. I told him you'd come out and kick their ass. He goes, is that right? How old are they? And I told him, and he goes, let's go. Left my lime green stingray at the house, loaded up in his car, went back down to the ball diamond, and sure enough, those boys were still sitting there at the swing sets. And I'm walking out there with shit eating grin on my face, fat, dumb, and happy, because Michael's going to kick their ass. <laughs> Walked up, and he asked them, flat out, you mess with my brother? <laughs> and they just kind of nodded that they were, and he goes, all right, he grabbed me by the back of the neck, threw me into both of them. He goes, don't you ever get somebody to fight your fights for you. And he got in his car and he went home. And those boys wore me the fuck out. I mean, they didn't stop beating me till they got tired. And there I sit, no bike, bleeding, limping, all the way home. And there sits Michael. And he goes, you better not tell mom. <laughs> that should that should have been like uh an uncle mike slogan tattooed on his arm yeah, that just oh, yeah. said don't tell mom oh yeah he picked me up one time what the deal was he picked me up one time by my ears <laughs> oh mom was having a fit i don't know what her deal was she was going through menopause or something and she was threatening to leave and he picked me up by my ears because i got her upset and he looked me right in the face i could taste the spit coming out of his mouth and said you better pray to God she doesn't leave. <laughs> I wrapped myself around her like a bolo rope. She wasn't going anywhere. How, now, how much older is Mike than you? Um, let's see, Penny's four. He's about six years older than me. Okay, so not that much. So really. yeah, he, he was in the Marines for four years. So I guess I must have been a little bit older when he got home from the Marines and I was messing with those boys. Right, but, uh, you'd have probably been like 19 and you'd have been, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, no, he was in for four years. Oh, and he didn't so, come back till after but he the got, He went in uh, when he was, I think he was 17. It was one of those deals back in the day when someone you got in like, trouble. Oh. The judge used to tell him, <laughs> no, go Mike? to jail. No, Mike? Mike got in trouble? It's unbelievable. <laughs> he was set up, I think. But <laughs> yeah. uh, the judge used to tell people like, you can go to jail or you can go in the service just general in the right. service. At the time, you could join the Army and the Marine Corps for two years. The judge told Mike, you can go to jail or you can go in the Marine Corps for four years, not the <laughs> Army or the Air Force. And this was, you got to keep in mind, this is 1972. Oh, Vietnam shit. was going on. So he says, you can go to war, basically, <laughs> or, or you can jail. go to jail. Well, Michael chose the Marine Corps. And I guess... Uh, they I don't know. Mike him. probably would have been pretty good in jail. He probably would have done yeah, all, he right. Have done all right. But, He'd you know, probably still be there. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but I guess he showed that judge because, you know, he went to the Marine Corps. And what did he do? Spent most of his time in Hawaii. Oh. Never went to Vietnam. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Didn't he? Wasn't his first wife from Hawaii yeah. or something? Yeah. Pinky was her name. <laughs> was she like well, Samoan? Well, her name was actually, yeah, she was. She was Hawaii. No shit. Yeah. Her name was like Winifred or something, but she was about... As big as your pinky. Yeah. I mean. Everybody yeah. called her pinky. Everybody called her pinky. Oh, man. That's. Mom didn't like her. Really? Oh, no. They they came back to visit or it was just. They uh, came back. They were married. Well, I can't well, imagine. He came, my, he came home on leave, I think, before he got out and told mom about it. Oh, I can't imagine why grandma would be upset about that. And he just showed up with a. He just said he met a, a girl. Wife. Well, then he shows up married and she's ethnic. <laughs> I think. Hawk love, what are you thinking? Oh my gosh. Michael, what are you doing this sweet girl? She, she's gonna come away and eat the babies. <laughs> thought she was like African or something. So, so uh in case anyone hasn't gathered my uh my grandma, my dad's mom and dad, straight off the boat from Ireland, from Belfast. And uh And my four oldest brothers. They all come over on the boat. Four of them were? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tom, Sam, uh, John, John, and Al. Oh, okay. Al was a baby. So did they get their, did they have to get citizenship to be in the military? Well, or, I'm not sure he did, but I'm not, I don't remember hearing anything about that. Because John and Al were in the military. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because John was in, in the Marines, Al was in the Army, and Michael was in the Marines. Huh. But uh, they must, they had to have. I mean, right. Although back then, maybe it wasn't that, especially with like that Vietnam, that war, Vietnam. I mean, yeah, yeah, they were. It might have been more like, hey, yeah, we'll take you. You want to, yeah, come on over, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, they, they would have took a Bulgarian amputee, right? If the guy showed up and right. his own name. Now, 
Was Grandpa John involved in any of that? Not necessarily Vietnam, but like, because he didn't he come over here by himself initially, and didn't he have to go to Africa for something? Well, he went to Africa first. Oh, but he, prior to coming here. He was in World War II. Yeah. And he wasn't because he was, quote unquote, skilled labor. So they put him to work in the shipyards. He used to braid those great big ass anchor ropes, like they tied the, oh, the ships really? off with. Okay. They would have to make these ropes for all the all the ships that were going to war. Oh, and that's nice. what he did. He was he wanted to go, but he, he was skilled labor. They needed him to. And do that, that, but that was from Ireland. Ireland. He wanted to go. Yeah. Oh, for World War Two, like okay. the, the British Army yeah. or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had going on because they had bombing raids in Ireland. Right. From from. The yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, after the war and stuff, there was no work. And so, and this is back before internet, oh, yeah. communication or anything. He heard a rumor. And he was a bricklayer. He was a, uh, an apprentice for bricklayer. That was his deal. But since he had a skill, they put him in the rope, rope works is what he called it. But that's weird because that does not seem related to his skill all. in any way. Well, I guess you can use your hands. And <laughs> you're stuff. right. So you're skilled later. I got it. I, I would love to but, hear the oh I know like the reasoning behind some of the yeah. like decisions. Well, his, his dad took him down to I don't know what to do. It must have been just like a, a workforce area that where there was plumbers and carpenters and right. And he kind of hollered out, and this is when Dad was like fifteen or sixteen. Who needs a helper? And this bricklayer said, "I do." And he looked at my dad. He goes, "All right, you're a bricklayer now." <laughs> you know, not which college do you want to go to, son? <laughs> no, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so then after the war, he, he, uh, there was no work, and they heard a rumor that there was work, a lot of work going on in Africa. So him and a bunch of buddies load up on a ship and Jesus. go to Africa. And when they get off the ship, there's people holding up signs, bricklayers needed, carpenters needed, whatever. You oh, know? my gosh. And they got on trains and went way down out in the interior. This they didn't even know what they were going to be doing no in Africa? Idea. Or how long they were going to be there or what the housing conditions were. Or Did he know Grandma at this point? Well, like, married. they were already married. They were married and already had, I think, Couple Tom kids. and Sam, I think. Oh, my But he, he needed to do something to make money. So, off they went in the trains under the, the freaking black jungles of, of Africa. And that's... He got malaria down there, right? Yeah. That's where he got malaria. And he sent letters home. You know, he wanted... Because I guess he was kind of in a town of some sort, and he sent letters that would take weeks, if not months, to yeah. get back home. Could you imagine? And uh, he wanted my mom to come and join him. And my mom's mom Fuck was that. having none of that. Yeah. She was like, you're not going off to Africa? You're eating the babies over oh there? God. I don't know how long he was there. Oh like two years or something. And then he came back, and his sister... Well, you know what it was? He'd already... As terrible as it sounds, he'd... Already put a couple babies in Cramwell. He was down in Africa, and he's like, "I need some loving." Oh, you know, yeah. you get down, you get down there. How long was that boat ride? And then you're down in Africa, and uh, you're and that's it. And you ever seen like Irish bricklayers? Yeah, they were not a handsome group. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't reeling in the ladies no. in Africa. I don't think there's a lot to pull from. Probably no. where he was at. No, there's not. Building you ever, shit. You ever watch National Geographic? <laughs> Hot bellies and saggy nipples. Oh, God. You know? So, but then he comes back, and uh, in the meantime, during the war, his sister had married an American GI, my Uncle Frank. Oh, okay. And back then, in order to come to the United States, you had to have a sponsor. Mm. And so my Uncle Imagine Frank, if we just did it. Could you imagine? Yeah, just stuck with that. So, um, you know, he was in contact through letters, because you didn't make a phone call that long distance. was That was taboo. And well, probably didn't even, probably back then, I don't even know if you could. Well. Unless you had like some sort of, well, it probably wasn't like you could make it from your house. You probably had to go somewhere like yeah, a, like a Western or Union type. Or call an operator. Something. Or yeah. Like overseas operator or something. Hey, shit, that had to be back what, in the 50s, 60s? No, 40s. No, late 40s, early 50s. Oh, God, yeah. I don't yeah. even know if they could do that. Yeah. Because like, Al was born in 52. And he was a baby getting, when they came. He getting old, huh? Yeah. So then Uncle Frank said, "Yeah, there's there's work over here, you know." And so then my dad came over and got kind of established and sent for my mom, and she comes over on the boat with yeah. the four kids, and she was seasick from the minute they left the dock, and this was like <laughs> a three week journey. And she was by herself, by herself, and had a baby, and had, had Al was a baby in a crib, and I guess God. Tom, my brother Tom, my brother Sam. 
were running wild on that ship. The captain of the ship would come to her cabin and say, Mrs. McBride, please, you got to do something about these boys. They're climbing the steam stacks. <laughs> oh, my God. And this isn't like a cruise ship where there's activities. This is like a, hey. It was like the Titanic. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, well, I don't even know. Well, I bet no, it, it wasn't, wasn't even that fancy. No, it wasn't that fancy, but I mean, it wasn't like a. A barge, right? Like, it, yeah. but it wasn't. I guarantee I, it wasn't the Mayflower, but it wasn't like Carnival Cruises. Exactly. It was probably like, exactly. uh, so, hey, yeah, here's a room, but like, we don't got activities for your kids. Like, we don't got babysitting yeah. and, and these and water right slides. The size of a half of a Motel Six room. Oh my god! And she was sick the whole time. Oh my you know? gosh! And she lands in New York, and dad, and this is like the early fifties, and there were still signs up. Irish need not apply because they just had a bad... I mean, back from the potato famine, I guess a lot right. of people held a bad grudge from those many years ago. But yeah, uh, well, I, I, asked, I found all that out because I asked one day, I was like, how in the hell did we end up in Indiana? Of all places, yeah, anywhere that's in the country. Right. But then he told my Uncle Frank that's where he was from. Oh, so he okay. had to go there. You know? uh, I got you. Oh, he had to go there because that's where his sponsor was from? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I it's, didn't know, you know that. It was all, you know, Mom always referred to all of this as... You know, our Div and our Michael and our Tom and, yeah. you know, well, all the neighborhood kids, they didn't understand the, the lingo or the accent, and they thought that was all of our names. So they would come our to the door and say, yeah, can our Tom come out and play? <laughs> they thought their first initial was R. Can our Tom come out and our Sam? Is our Sam home? Oh, man. <laughs> they thought, well, they're Irish. They're weird. That must be their way. They all have first man, initial that R. that is crazy. That's so funny to think about, like, the sad part is, is like when you think about like time frame though, that's not that long. Like in the grand scheme of things, no. that's like, I mean, even though like some people, not me, but like, you know, maybe my brother might argue like that was like a long time ago when it was you 10 were. 10 years before I was born. Right. That's like, me and I know I'm which is like you, ancient, but, you know, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm just yeah. saying it's just funny that like when you think. In those terms, you know, 60 years. Say 60 years, and it's like, you can't even imagine, like just we were talking about, you can't even imagine making that long, like a an international call. Yeah. Not that I make international calls daily or anything, but I'm saying I, ha- I have the potential to do so. Yeah. But the reality is, it's even easier with freaking online stuff like the... Oh, yeah. I mean, how many people communicate all over the place internationally through... And Skype. Yeah, through Facebook, yeah. through whatever, and it's like instant. But you know, and you think about how fast everything changes is, okay, that was 60 years ago. Well, I, yeah, it was 60 years ago. But if you think about it, 60 years before that was 1890. Right. And back then, there was, most people in the United States didn't travel more than 10 miles from where they were born. Right. In their yeah. life. Because, I mean, they, there was no automobiles. There was no, you yeah. know what I mean? It was they all walking or riding a horse. That, you know, I don't know if you've ever, I know you don't really listen to podcasts, but there's this one guy that does, uh, podcast his name's dan carlin and it's called hardcore history hardcore history and he has like a bunch of different ones that are like it's like multiple versions of one like it's like world war one and it takes like three or four episodes and each episode's like three hours long it's like listening to a history documentary which some people would be like put a gun barrel in my mouth yeah in me now but it's not that like he del- highlights oh dude he delves or he dives so deep into like Stuff that you're like, whoa, like the best one ever, hands down, has to be the con, like the Genghis Khan stuff. Yeah. He does like a five series. Of, like now you have to pay for it. You have to buy it because it was so good and so well received. Yeah. But like he has one about World War One, And I think it was three episodes. And man, you just, I had no, I think because World War, I don't know why. I think one of the reasons is World War Two was, it was more recent than World War One. Yeah. One. Two, there was photos and video more so yeah. in World War Two than World War One, right? Yeah. And then also, I honestly think like the whole like Nazi atro- like the Holocaust and everything, like and rightfully so. I'm not saying that it shouldn't, but like it ramps it up even more, right? But World War One, holy crap! Like you want to talk about a horrific, yeah. horrific event, vicious, and like. Yeah. But again, people don't even like comprehend it. Like the majority of those ba- horseback, like yeah. they they were hauling. 
yeah, they had rifles and they had like big guns, like big, like you don't want to call them tanks because they weren't tanks, but like freaking anti-armor gun, like type cannons. cannons that were a little bit more than Civil War cannons. They're pulling them with horses. Yeah. And it's like when you think about that, you're like, oh, that was like, there's people that are like my my great grandpa, not even my great great great. It's like my great grandpa was around for that. Like it's yeah. not that big of a jump in generations. Right. And I just think that it's funny because kind of like what you were saying about grandpa coming and like the whole like, hey, bricklayers want like he went to Africa to find work. Then he came to and and again, I wouldn't say it's as extreme as the people that are like. Hey, we're gonna. We heard there's a there's a continent over there, like this back, like when they're okay. leaving England, yeah. and they've got sails on their ship. There's no engine, right? And they're like, we think there's a place over there that might be better than here. You want to go check it out? Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go. We'll be there in four months. Yeah, if we if everything goes well, if we live. Yeah, and uh, but that being said, uh, I was having a discussion with someone the other day. Is like when you think about that in the scheme of, Grandpa was willing to go to. Have multiple continents just to get work to provide for his family. Yeah. And then you literally have shit on, again, this is a podcast I was on, where they're talking about gender pronouns and how people are upset if they're referred to as yeah. not a zur and them and they and I identify as a blah, 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 blah. And it's like, bitch, if you were more worried about where your next meal was coming uh-huh. from, Guaranteed, you wouldn't be worried about tattooing your eyeballs and saying, "Hey, I was born with a penis, but I want to be called." Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Is it's like because everybody's priorities have gone sideways because they don't have to worry about right the day to day living priorities. Right, they got to find shit to worry. Well, about. what were we talking about when you got here about your fridge taking a shit? Yeah, and we were. Jo- I was joking about like, so like it's. His fridge took a shit and like he has another one in the garage, which most people do. I, I mean, I don't know about everywhere, but I know most people have at least deep freezers somewhere yeah. if they don't have another fridge in their garage or their basement or whatever. And that being said, it's like, how spoiled are we as yeah. human beings that it was like, oh my this God, is, I can't believe how, oh how, my how terrible this is. Yeah. And it was, again, you talk about 60 years ago and it was like, a fridge was a that was a hey yeah we got a fridge and when my parents were kids they saw ice boxes right or the ice man would come out a big block of ice and put it under your fridge yeah so, so cool the stuff off so uh i've been i keep meaning to tell you i keep forgetting so there's a there's a house that we were recently uh i I cleared it with Knox on a, uh, it was a residential burglary and we checked it out. It's like an older house. It's been, it's, it's in Nokomis area. I don't want to give too much away, but like, it's a cool house. Like the guy completely like built it himself. Like he was a contractor back in the day, I think, and talking with him and stuff. Well, he gave us access to it because he's kind of here in the future. He's looking to remodel it, but he hasn't really lived in it in like three or four years. He's got a place down where we're at and just kind of, he lives there and that's kind of like a, but it's right. only like 12 acres. I'll tell you about where exactly where it's at afterwards. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, the cool thing about it is like he has a bunch of like old antique type shit in the house that like. That's so awesome. Yeah. One of them is an old freezer, like refrigerator freezer. And it's literally like a wood sealed yeah. box. And it's like, it's so cool. When you look at it and you're like, man, that is cool as shit looking. But then you go. That was state of the art back then. That, exactly. You're like, what the hell? Like, this was it? This yeah. was the, oh my God. Like, it kind of makes you go, shit. Like. And I'm whining about my fridge going out. My second, my, my one of my, my two fridges. Fridge. Yeah, one of my two fridges going out. And I, I listen. And woe was me. I had to break out two of my big 35-gallon coolers and go fill mm-hmm. up with, you know, bags of ice. So my freaking Mountain Dew was cold enough for me. Right. And that's, you know, we've, I, I've talked about, I think we've talked about on this podcast before about how, um, how shitty it would be to bring someone from like, again, I'm not even talking like a Ben Franklin. Well, we'll say a Ben Franklin because that was a long ass time ago. But yeah, you bring someone forward and you show them stuff and they're going to go, what? 
Like yeah. I can't imagine the the, the the OODA loop that they would be in of like, oh, yeah. wait a second, what do you mean? Like show them uh, your phone and they would probably shit their pants. Yeah, they would. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, not to mention the TVs and all that, you know, I saw a picture, it was a meme that I saw and it says all these looters out there Stealing TVs, we had a hell of a time back in 1969. There's a picture of one of those great big console TVs. <laughs> that was a, it was a TV and a record player and a radio <laughs> and a liquor cabinet. And the thing weighed 4,000 pounds. Right. We had one in our living room when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I used to climb on top of it when I was playing. And it was, it was a piece of furniture. I remember when we were a kid, that one that we had prior to mom surprising you with that one that was like a little bit more like fancy it had like glass doors on the front remember where the vcr and Uh stuff could go but that just like you're just describing that one that you moved into we moved into the the whatever the playroom at the time but yeah that thing was like a i mean it was like a bureau or a yeah like a chest Uh it was so it didn't work didn't even plug it in, but it was just such a nice piece of wood <laughs> furniture that we just stacked our toys on it, like our remote controls and shit. And it's like, does this TV work? No, but look how nice it looks. Yeah, look like, at the wood. Look at the finish work. Yeah, it was just – and you know what, though? I guarantee you if at any point we had plugged that TV in, it would have worked. Like that's Probably. just that's just like what we were talking about earlier too with the fridge thing is it's like, hey, it will cost $1,000 to fix it. But that's not, it's not like it's going to be fixed forever. Yeah. You might as well just buy something new for $2,500. Well, you see, And it's going to last six or seven years. You get a fridge, it lasts you 15 years yeah. all day long, every day of the week. Right. And the salesman selling us this, sorry, $3,000 fridge said, oh, well, here, you might want to get this warranty. It's a five year warranty. Hopefully it will last that long. The salesman is saying that. Yeah. Well, do you remember. Uh, um, you know that, why we kept that TV in the toy room? Because again, well, it weighed four thousand. Right, you go, you weren't going to get it out. I can't, I can't, can't, can't get it out of here. <laughs> You're stuck with it, you son of a bitch. Well, you remember when we moved down here, and uh, our neighbors, they they had that what we called a huge oh, TV like a rejection TV. Or yeah, something. but it was like it wasn't that big. I mean, I'm not even talking like it wasn't even, that thing. Probably wasn't even sixty inches. Right, but. They had said that they had had to get somebody with like a crane lift to put it up because remember it was on <laughs> yeah. the second story. Yeah. It took like five people to get it up there, but the thing weighed as much as my Tahoe. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's just it's crazy when you think about. <laughs> yeah, they may have been heavy and not as convenient, but goddamn, they lasted forever. Well, now the one like in my game room. I got that. I get a sixty-five inch TV. I hung that bitch on the wall myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I put the brackets on the back and the bracket on the wall, but I lifted it up and hung it up there myself. Can't imagine. Oh yeah. So I kind of we kind of like went down a rabbit hole there, but uh, the I just remembered why I had wanted you to tell that Uncle Mike story. Oh yeah. So, not that I'm trying to make this podcast specifically geared towards anything. Like I just want to talk to people and shoot the shit but the majority of the people that i talk to are law enforcement of some kind or first responder and uh i that that story to me about how like hey don't get anyone to fight your fights blah 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 blah, kind of is uh a growing theme i'm seeing out here like working regularly and like last night you know i worked all weekend and uh last night i went to a call and I do. So my agency is not so huge that it's I – mean, we're not New York. We're not Chicago or L.A. Right. Where it's like you – it's like, oh, yeah, I would never, ever know that person in a million years. I mean, we're not that huge. I think we got like a 1,000 people sworn, something like that. Like it's not huge. But I get, that's counting the jail and on the road and stuff. So it's not implausible to say you wouldn't know somebody. But I showed up on a call last night, and I'm not exaggerating. There were – excuse me. Excuse me. Six other deputies there. I knew one of them. I only knew one of them. And like he came over and I go, and he's like a field training officer. And I go, I go, how many of these are your recruits? Like how many of them are guys that are riding with you? And goes, just that one. And I go, who the hell are these other people? Like, who are you these think people? You run across them at right. some point. And like that being said, 
all of them were like, again, this is me making a very harsh judgment just on appearances, but whatever, fuck it. It's my podcast. I can say whatever the I want for the most part until I get hemmed up. But none of like none of them, except the guy I was talking with, and surprisingly his recruit, maybe, none of them did would I be like, oh, I'd go into the shit with them. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like they all I was like, uh, fat, old. Doesn't look like he's ever like he looks like he stole his dad's uniform. Uh, you know what I mean? Like just right. everything that, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how is that? First off, how is it possible I don't know any of these people? And second off, it's like, what is the qualification that got you into this? Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's just it's one of those things that it that that story about when Uncle Mike shoved you into those kids and like don't get anyone to fight your fight. I worry because a lot of these newer people that I see come in, I don't think they've ever been in an actual fight. Like that's that's concerning. There are so many people nowadays that haven't. I'm not saying it's it's not a good thing to get in fights. It's just not. But I just can't imagine people going through life to the age of 30 and never being in a predicament where it was fight or flight. And they didn't always choose flight. Right. Well, I, you know, we've talked about this before too, is cause like you growing up in the era that you grew up and then also with the multiple brothers ahead of you and people beating you just because of your brothers, which I, I know you yeah. got a bunch of stories about that, but like the difference is like, I haven't been in half as many fights as you have, but that being said, well, it's a little different I, now, I guess. I mean, it back is. then you just you get in a fight and it'd be done. And, and it was done. Yeah, now yeah. you get sued. Right. So people have that in the back of their mind and it kind of keeps them from that. Right. To get into that fray. Whether, I don't care if you're 30 or if you're 13. Which, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. That's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. But to have but I, 13 year olds get in a scrap and the one say, I'm going to have my dad sue your dad. Yeah. Or here's the oh, other God. thing too is like, that goes back to the whole, back then... If it was me and you, 12-year-old kids that got in a fight, it was just me and you that knew about yeah. it. The difference is now everyone's got a cell phone. Everyone's got a video yeah. like uh, to post a world star or whatever, social media. And then it's out there and it's like you just shamed this kid. So now this kid's got to get revenge right. or whatever. And don't get me wrong. I'm sure back in the day people wanted revenge too. But it was like it was one of those things where like it was either squashed or it wasn't. Yeah. And you knew you had beef with that person. Well, my biggest fear after getting in a fight, just when I was a kid, was, God, if I got my clothes torn, my mom was going to wail on me. Oh, my, that's not true. My mom never, my mom and dad never hit me, ever. <laughs> I was always afraid they were going to. And I don't know why, because they never did. But it was just that fear was out there. But I was always afraid I was going to get in trouble. Ah, uh, not our wee David. Ah, uh, not our wee David. Ah, uh, a wee angel. Uh, but then my brother would hold me down and tickle me until I was on the verge of passing out. I was seeing spots in front of my eyes. And they'd finally let me up. And I'd go tell mom in tears. Don't you know tell what mom. Happened, love? They were, they were, they were tickling me. I feel just playing away, Ralphie, yourself. <laughs> Mom, I could die. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you're forgetting. Yeah, uh, we you're came not, over here on a boat. Yeah, you're you not, ain't going to die from getting tickled, you little bleeding. shit. There's no bone sticking through the skin. Get away from me. <laughs> but I just think that there's, and I've had some conversations with especially like some older cops, like guys that have been here for a minute and like, one of the biggest gripes, and I wholeheartedly agree. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said on multiple other podcasts that I've listened to, but it's like one of the things is they did away with boxing in the academy. Like there used to be boxing where you were lot, like you fought each other. Yeah. And like, because I personally think as soon as you're like, hey, I want to be a cop, whoever the first person you say that to should be full within their rights to punch you square in the face. And see how you And then that. just go... You still want to be a cop? And if you say yes, then you get to keep down the path. Yeah. But the problem is, is like, I know, I know for a fact, multiple new people that have like, not like you talked, they still live with their parents. And it's like, yeah, 
listen, I get it. It's a different age. You're you're up and coming. Like you're trying. You, good for you. You're trying to save money and. Be, but the the flip side of that is, how are you going to tell someone that has been married longer than you've been alive? Hey, you guys got to get along. I still live with mom and dad, and they get along. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. there there's just like a. There's got to be a, a better – I don't know what the right word is because I don't want to say anything about like someone getting into it young. Like getting into it young, yeah, do it. Like if that – if you're driven to do that and that's what you're wanting to do, cool. I like your idea of the punch in the face because I think everybody yeah. needs to be punched in the face. I mean a full-on shoulder punch in the face one time in their life. At so least. So they know what it feels like. Right. And if they know that that option is always it's, going to be out well, there. Well, it's the same principle as pepper spray. They yeah. make us get pepper spray. They yeah. make us get taser. Exactly. Why would you not punch us in the face? I'm saying even people that are going to be cops. Right. Men, women, everybody. Yeah, it's good to know that you're not completely fragile and breakable. Like, Damn. don't get me wrong. A, a good punch in the face, especially on the street, it can go bad. You can punch someone oh, yeah. in a, the heat of the moment and they fall the wrong way and hit their head on a parking curb and they're crippled for life. Yeah. Those situations happen. But again, having that knowledge, like having that wherewithal to go, oh, shit, this could go bad. I think it would stop a lot of people well, from getting people fights. people realize that if I do this stupid thing, mm-hmm. there's a real good chance I'm going to get punched in the face. If they don't know what that feels like, it's not a good Right, time. right. And, you know. I, you know, again, like I said, when I say I haven't been in as many fights as you, I, de- I mean like in the grand scheme of like – uh, actual street fights to where it's like in school well, and all this stuff. About Thirteen seconds long, right? You know? But I'm saying like then when I when I did leave for USF, go to college, and I was training doing the fighting thing. Right. I was in a lot, but that's what was so crazy. Is so I was doing that all the time, training, doing the the jujitsu and the kickboxing and the cage fighting and all well, that rules. bullshit. True, but then I would go work in Ebor as a Oh, bouncer, yeah. yeah, and I will tell you right now, I never got into fights because of the simple fact of the matter that I was like, no, no, I get punched in the face on a regular basis. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm good. Yeah. Like it was kind of that, that. I will say for a, like 100, percent and I'm not saying this is everywhere, but I know for a fact that at our high school, the vast majority, and I would say like upwards of 99.9 percent of the time, the football players. Never got into a fight at school. We might get into fights on the football field. Right. But like during school time, it just didn't happen. But I think part of that was because we're running into each other and tackling each other and hitting each other. And we're getting that energy out yeah. to where there's a, uh, a, an almost like distinct level of like, oh, hey, if I hit you like that, you're going to hit me like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was almost a respect right. there. And uh, I just think that if more people had that, so like one of the podcasts I listened to, Joe Rogan and Jocko Willing talked about, especially right after this whole nonsense and what's going on in the world. But like they, neither one of them is a cop. Neither one of them is a law enforcement officer, has any experience in that. That being said, uh, Joe Rogan's a black belt in Taekwondo, a black belt in jujitsu. Has been commentating on the UFC since the UFC became a thing. Like before yeah. the UFC became a thing, back in like ninety one or ninety two, I think he did the. He didn't do the first UFC, but he did like the third UFC, and he's been that guy ever since. Right. So he's probably seen more fights than anybody on the planet. Yeah, that's guaranteed. Probably, that's probably a good good yeah. assessment. And Jocko Willing, Navy SEAL commander, like been in like the most violent fighting in Afghanistan, Iraq war, like. Just a badass. Again, not law enforcement. And not to say that one is more than the other. It's just different. And that was the thing about that podcast is Jocko really acknowledged that. That he said, he goes, hey, I'm not a cop. He goes, it's a different set of rules of engagement when you're overseas as opposed to. Oh, yeah. And he goes, but the thing is, and I, this is where I like, I feel like people got to understand this is he goes, we are, he goes, as Navy SEALs, all we were doing was training all the time. But then when we were going to go on a deployment, we would have 18 months of training specific to our deployment 
for a six month deployment. Right. And then when we were on deployment, we would still be training during that deployment. Yeah. He goes, why are cops not training a minimum of 20% of the time? He goes, and like, I think that the reality is, is, uh, and they both, they also, but real reality type training, right? And put them in the, in those, in those positions. Yes. And the thing is, is, and Joe and Jocko is also a black belt in jujitsu, but he also said, he goes, they both said, they're like, why is every cop not the minimum of a purple belt in jujitsu in the sense of like, because here's the realities I can tell you right now, I've been a cop 11 years. Never, ever have I used my taser. Never even, I've never even used my pepper spray, but that's because it would fuck me up worse than it would fuck someone else up because I'm a Irish son of a bitch and like the lighter your pigmentation, the more fucked up you are. But that being said, I've, I think I've only ever pulled my taser twice that I can remember and didn't even use it. But if people had the, and, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so thankful that I was in the jail first and then came out to the road is like, I learned to talk to people because I didn't have anything right. other than, so like if I feel like if more cops in general had the, um, mindset of using first their, you know, their, their brain and their mouth of talking to people and getting that under control. And then the next step is their hands rather than having to go to their tool belt and yeah. start pulling things that are possibly going to, I don't want to say escalate the situation because I, here's the thing. The reality is, is when we're taught, it's whatever the person gives you, you got to go one higher because you don't want, yeah. if you pull a knife, I'm not going to pull a knife. Right. Like we're not going to get into a duel here. Like go with swords. We're going to like, you pull a knife, I'm pulling a gun. You know what I mean? So yeah. like pull a baseball bat. I'm pulling a gun because if you hit me with a baseball bat, I'm fucked. Yeah. So that being said, I think though that one of the things is is like someone grabs you and I know you've you've been grabbed, been in a tussle where it's like you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Like this is a, a man just grabbed me. Uh-huh. Not like, oh fuck you. Oh, sort I, of thing. I'm, I'm gonna flail. I'm gonna flail this off. No, right, right, right. No, I think a bear just grabbed. Right, and I try. I tell as many people that'll listen because obviously I'm a little impartial to the jujitsu because I, I love it. But I'll tell you right now, like one of the guys that I train with, and I'm gonna, I'm trying to get. He wants to come on the podcast too, but uh, he's like 50s, but he's, he's just ripped. Like he's just uh, he's been an athlete his whole life. He came. He's from like. I can't remember he's from Maine or New Hampshire, one of those like northern where it's like those people that survived from the Mayflower. Right. He's one of their descendants. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's just hard. And he's like got that farm boy mentality of like and he grabs you. And I I was making fun of him the other day because his fingers. Do you remember on Iron Man? Uh fuck, I don't remember which one it was, but it was uh Mickey Rourke's character. Yeah. The guy with the whips, his fingers, how they were like, they were as fat as this cigar. Yeah. And like, they just looked like they had, they'd been to hell and back. Yeah. That's, like burnt sausages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my buddy Bert's fingers look like. When he <laughs> gra- and he grabs you and you're like, oh fuck, I just like, this is going to suck. Yeah. And that is me being trained and knowing what I'm doing. And that's what I'm saying is like, I would have no problem articulating if some if he grabbed me, I would shoot him in the face and on the street yeah. because yeah. I would be like, he's gonna end me. Over all the years, I have developed a a pretty ingenious defense tactic that it works. I would say ninety nine percent of the time. Somebody grabs you and you know you're fucked. <laughs> somebody comes at you and you know you're fucked. Yeah, and I've I've learned how to do this voluntarily. <laughs> You throw up on them. <laughs> that de-escalates shit in a hurry. Yeah. You know, at least they're long enough to get, let you get away. Right. You know. I've um, seen guys that have like, they, you know the guys that like rip off their shirt to fight? Yeah. I've seen guy. I saw, I saw a video one time of this guy that they were like getting into it and he already had his shirt off. So he just dropped his shorts and he had, oh, he, I've seen and he, no underwear, nothing. He's just dick a flopping oh, yeah. and he's like let's do this mother-. and dude you've never seen someone back up so yeah. quick because they're like wants to oh. fight a naked man yeah you don't want to roll around with a naked guy no I mean, absolutely not that happened to me i couldn't even count them. right <laughs> i'm telling yeah. you myself too <laughs> i'm telling you right now the guys that they freaking want to fight you naked they got nothing left to lose no 
Yeah. And that's, a, that's another reason why, hey, go to the jail first. Once you learn, <laughs> you go to the jail and like these guys that cover themselves in shit and want to fight you. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, everything else is, eh, it's not that bad. It's but really not that bad. There's defense tactic for that. If somebody strips naked and they start coming at you, you stop. And you look them up and down, you pause at their genitals for a second, and you look them right back in the eye, and you wink and smile. Let's go. I still think one of the best ones you ever told me was that that time, I won't say the bar, but that bar that you were outside, uh, you went out to grab smokes out of your truck or whatever. Oh, yeah. And the two guys kind of came up on you. Yeah, they wanted a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you tell that. You tell that. That was, um, well, I can't say where it was, though, huh? Well, you Um, can. I don't care. Well, it was up in Sarasota. I won't say exactly where, but uh, I was in this parking lot behind this bar, and I was nosed into this parking spot, which is right up against a brick wall. Cars on both sides, and I went inside. Well, I gotta, I, I'm going to preface this with what happened in the bar <laughs> to get me to the frame of mind that I was in when I went outside. I had recently been divorced, hadn't asked a woman out <laughs> or hit on a woman in 22 years. Um, so I'm at the bar, and there's a woman there, and she's fairly nice looking she's no supermodel she's no you know 22 year old hard body but she's a nice looking woman so she's at the bar and finally I muster up my courage I'm actually waiting for my sister-in-law and her boyfriend to get there to drink but I'm there by myself and she's kind of right next to me and so I'm kind of giving her the out of the corner of the eye look and and I thought you know what what the hell so I I turned to her and I'm like how you doing that's good like here by yourself she goes yeah I am I'm like, well, can I buy you a drink? Well, she stepped back half a step and she looked me head to toe, real slow, and back up to my face. She goes, uh, no. <laughs> well, I'm freaking devastated. I mean, anybody who knows me knows that I am not at a loss for words, hardly ever. I was dumbfounded. And I just swallowed my pride and thought, oh, I'm, I need to go out and get cigarettes. So this is why I'm And out. cry. And cry. <laughs> just for a minute. Just for a minute. So that's the frame of mind when I go out. So I go out to my, my truck and I to get cigarettes. And I open the door and I get them out. And I turn around and there's a guy standing there. And he goes, hey. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he goes, uh, if I'm a smoke, I'm like, sure. I give him a cigarette. And then his buddy comes walking up behind him. So again, I'm up against the brick walls behind me between two vehicles. And there's two guys standing there. And the guy says, hey, Mac, I need to ask you a favor. And I said, what's that? He says, uh, we could really, you know, I need a loan. And I'm like, a loan? What do you mean? I, I gave you a cigarette. And he goes, well, no, I, I, need, I need some money. I'm like, well, I can't help you. He says, well, you don't have any money? I'm like, well, yeah, I got some money, but I'm going back in the bar to drink. And then I'm still, I'm still dumbfounded by this freaking scuzz bag inside. So my mind's not really with it. And then he says, well, we're going to be needing that money. Well, now... The mind clicks. I'm like, oh, he's trying I'm to rob me. <laughs> well, this isn't very nice. Now that okay, well, here it is, and they're both standing between the vehicles. So I'm I'm up by my front fender, and they're both between the vehicles, in single file. Can two people be in single file? I, I think guess so. one in front of yeah, the other, yeah, basically. Yeah. That's. And I'm like, oh, is that right? And I'm like, well, I'm not giving you that money. And he says, well, I guess we're gonna take it. I'm like, ah, uh, so I stopped. I got on my tiptoes and I looked over both of their heads and I went, <laughs> there's just the two of you, right? And the guy looked at me and he looked at his friend over his shoulder and he looked back at me and he goes, well, yeah. I'm like, all right. And I took another step back and he kind of waved him in because I knew they could only get to me one at a time. <laughs> and if I got the first one down, I'd be standing on him when I got to the second one. <laughs> and they, they kind of looked at each other again, snapped their head around and they're looking around them and around me and I said, you know what? We're, we're good. And they just took off trotting across the parking lot. Went back in and kept on drinking. And yet you can't, listen, I've been saying it forever, you can't be crazy. You can't no, be and the crazy. Thing was, I, you know, and you don't have to be crazy howling at the moon, ripping your clothes off. Right, and, right. And drinking stripping your Stripping your pants off, you yeah. know, to fight people. Yeah. You know, it was just if you matter, can just matter of fact that yep. if this is what it is and there's okay. just the two of you, okay. Well, I remember even as a kid, you told me one time, I, we were... We were, you know, we always used to wrestle and stuff and do all that shit and stuff. But I remember I picked up one of those, it was one of those like foam bats yeah, or whatever. And I was like, I said something like, get back or, 
you know, I'll call. I mean, this is when I was young. I was like, I'll call the cops, you know, or whatever. And you said something. You said I'll call DCF. Yeah, but I, I there's well, no way I said that because it was when I mean it was when we lived up in Indiana. So there's no way I knew what that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I said something along the lines like, I'll call somebody. And you go, go ahead. They'll have a reason for being here when they get oh, here. Yeah. And I just thought that line has stuck with me. No, I said, because by the time they get here, you're gonna need them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And it's like. That sort of my like, and you told me. I remember you told me that one time. Out, out. You know, we're kind of, we're kind of getting close here on uh, the hour. But uh, I remember. So talking about times about getting your butt kicked. I don't know if you'll remember this, but uh, I remember very specifically. The first time I really got, I really remember. Well, it wasn't the first time, I guess. The first time as I was like old enough to like be able to fight back, I think, um, I was like a freshman in high school yeah. and, uh, I, I was at a football game. I was at the high school and, uh, I was hanging out with a group of friends or whatever. And, uh, you were coming to pick me up from the, from the high school. And I was like, Hey, I got to go. And this girl that I liked at the time was like, Oh, I'll walk with you. And I was like, Okay. So, uh, the, the football field is at the back end of the high yeah. school and where you were going to pick me up was at the front end. And this was like, I think this was before I even had a cell phone. I think it was more like, Hey, be at the front at this time. That, so I knew what time it was right. I had to be there. So I started walking with this girl and we're talking and as we're walking, uh, so like the driveways coming back to the parking lot to get to the football field, they're like divided and there's like a huge median in between them. And we're walking down the one side going towards the front. And on the far side, there's a girl that was in my grade. Like I knew her as being in my grade, was walking clearly drunk. And the guy with her, again, this is my perspective as a freshman, looked like he was 34 years old. <laughs> like, I mean, just a full grown man in my opinion. But he was, he clearly did not appear to be a high school student. Yeah. Was also highly intoxicated. And uh, I know this would probably baffle most people at this point, but uh, like it wasn't real well lit like back then, like walking up the sidewalk where we were going. But he's across, so there's a driveway. A big median, then another driveway in the right. sidewalk they're walking on shouts at me. Hey, fuck you. Like to me, like out of nowhere. And like at first I didn't even recognize that he was talking to me, except that we were the only other people there. But I was like talking to the girl that I was with. And I kind of like, we kind of like looked over because he shouted at us. Yeah. And I can see the girl that's in my grade, like pulling on my, nah, nah, that's not him. And he's like, and he starts charging across these driveways and across the median. And this is again, one of the first real instances that I remember being like, caught, kind of caught in that like loop of like, what's going on right now? Because yeah. I'd never really been in like fights. I'd been I'd been beaten up and I'd fought people. Yeah. But like a lot of times, you know, those are coming. There's like a buildup. Right. There was no buildup to this other than him being like, hey, fuck you. And I was like, what? Like still kind of cut. And he comes over and I'm thinking like, Oh, this guy's gonna ask for directions because he's a grown up. <laughs> like I have no idea, right? And as he's walking towards me, he comes towards me, and I'm like, "What?" Like just kind of like because he's 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 just doing that like drunk mumbling under his breath, Why? like gearing himself up to beat the shit out of me. And I again had no prior social cues to understand like, "Hey, this guy's drunk. And he's gonna beat me up. And he's gonna beat me up." And he comes at me, and he's like, "Would you say to her?" And I was like. What? Again? Punched me right in the stomach. <laughs> and I mean, I collapsed like a freaking bag of hammers. I mean, it was just... Because he was totally like... un. He was, When I say I looked up at him, I literally like was looking up. Like he was significantly bigger, taller than me. Probably not right. as big as I remember. But punched just full on, boom, right in the stomach, dropped me. I mean, I... Boom, right to the ground. I was like, what? I think he like kicked me once or twice just kind of like you know and like the girl that was in my grade not the girl that was with me who had just backed off like right. whoa what's going on the other girl runs up who's also drunk and she's like no 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 that's not him and he's like 
Oh, fuck you. And, like, they keep walking towards the football game. The girl that I had a crush on, like, that I was, like, hitting on, helps me up. I'm trying not to cry because I can't breathe. I have no idea what just happened in any way. She walks me to the front, and, man, the amount of, like, embarrassment and shame in her eyes was, like, overwhelming to where she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. That guy's crazy. Okay, have a good night. Like, I was like, all but like pushing her to get away from me. Yeah. Like, because I just wanted to be alone because I was so embarrassed. And I remember you picked me up and you were in your work van, that white oh, work yeah. van or whatever. You picked me up and I like climbed in. I'm sitting there in the passenger seat and I'm just like, and I mean, we got all the way off the island before you're like, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, this guy beat me up. Like, I just like melted like a little <laughs> pussy. Just like, this guy beat me up. And you were just like, what? And I like told you what happened. And you were just like, I mean, sometimes you get beat up. Like, that was like, <laughs> like that was the, that was the response. The like, yeah, it wasn't like, uh, oh, you'll get that guy or like, let's go yeah, back. And yeah, it him. wasn't anything like that. It was just like. Sometimes that happens, man. Like, sometimes you get beat up. Like, you'll be all right. Like, that was kind of... And it wasn't like you were, like, shirking it off. Like, stop being a pussy. It wasn't like that. It was just like, hey, man, sometimes you get beat up. Like, that was it. And, like, I remember after you said it, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And, like, then it was fine. And I never really thought about it any more than that. But, like, you know, obviously... Well, obviously, yeah. Well, yeah. But, I mean... (laughs) I never, like, talked to that girl again. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Because I was like, she's just going to see this little pussy up bitch and get she's beat up. She's going to Bay School and she can kick your ass. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, but again, I feel, and you've said this to me a bunch of times before, it's like, you learn way more from the fight you lose oh, yeah. than the fight you win. Yeah. yeah, It's just like what we were talking about earlier about, like, you remember the good thing. Like, you don't uh, remember the bad. Right. Or the good shit as the much as you stuff. remember. Yeah, like, just like... Oh, just goes away. yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that was like I can I remember it. the first fight I was ever in, the first fist fight. I mean, when your kids wrestle. And you I was just gonna say that. That's what I mean. Is that was the first? You can't even call what I just said was a fist fight. That guy. I mean, he did punch me with yeah. his fist, right. but I didn't fight back in any way because I was just. Eh. Oh yeah, because I got a fight with this kid. I'll never forget him. Sam Jarjor was his name. I know we're supposed to drop names, but this guy, he's. You know, 60. <laughs> I was in fifth grade. Yeah, I'm sure he's not listening yeah. to this he's podcast. He's probably not down in yeah. Sarasota County or yeah. whatever listening to the podcast. But, um, so we got into, I couldn't tell you what it was about. And so at recess, we're going to have it out. You know. So we're out, out in the playground. And what grade is this? Wow. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And we're doing that big, well, you throw the first punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you first, you throw the first. So I thought. It's good to know that that was around before, like, battery charges could come about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was not a... It wasn't. You know you're getting in trouble. Yeah. You know, and this one he, he hit battled. me first. Yeah, yeah. So he said it one too many times. So I thought, oh yeah, I'm used to watching all the action movies, not action movies so much, but action TV shows like the. I know this is going to mean a lot to people that normally listen to your to Mannix and uh, <laughs> people you know, are googling right Barbie now. Jones. Wait, they're like, is that a thing? You know, what the fuck's this but, guy uh, talking about? You know, and on those TV shows when you punch, it was. <laughs> Right. That was the punch. <laughs> yeah. You know. Like breaking celery or yeah. cabbage. So he says yeah. it once to me, tell me, you throw the first punch. So I reared back and I laid into him. And it sounded like somebody snapping their fingers. That's what the punch <laughs> sounded like. And I was so surprised. <laughs> that it didn't sound like snapping celery. That I just dropped my hands and tilted my head like a dog. And then he just went to town. He just opened it up. And, and he was a he was a... He was bigger than me. I mean, I didn't take much to be bigger than me. You know? <laughs> and he just wore me out. And I got the paddling because, oh, I threw the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kid, I mean, he well on me for so long. And this like this back when you could still get paddled at school. And, again, hardest paddling I ever got was from a teacher with no legs. <laughs> this, Mr. Heckman, I'll never forget him. He had a paddle with holes drilled in it, so there was no wind resistance. Right. And you could hear it coming <laughs> as it came on the grass. But he would have you bend over, grab your ankles, and he would wheel back about eight or ten feet, 
and he'd get a run and start, and he'd get that wheel. Running. A run and start. A run and start with no leg. <laughs> a wheel and start. And he would get that chair squeaming down that road. <laughs> and he'd have to paddle across his lap, and then when he got enough momentum going, he would be coming right beside you, and he'd take that paddle and just lift you off your feet. <laughs> I mean, I bet my ass looked like a fucking domino <laughs> with all those holes in that paddle. But that's, that's the way it was. I mean, you took your paddle and you hope they didn't call your parents. Cause right, because they're going to give you another one when you yeah. get home. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, well, listen, I know... It's a, it's a, you got work tomorrow. I got, uh, I got nothing. I'm off all week, but oh, yeah, rub it in. I'm trying to keep these to about an hour. We're a little over an hour now. You can probably um, just edit out all my talk and you'd be down yeah, to 40 exactly. minutes. Right. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, you know, there might be some editing that has to take place, but that's all right. But, uh, we'll definitely have to do it again when we have a little bit more time. We can record a little bit longer one, but, uh, all right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thank Dad. you for asking me. I appreciate right. it. All right. I, I love put my clothes on now? Yeah, please right. do. because yeah, appreciate it, that. It's getting uncomfortable. It but, is. Uh, I mean, this ch- chair's vinyl and stuff <laughs> sticking to the chair that shouldn't be sticking to nothing. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. I, I was going to get them corduroyed, but I don't know if that would be better in this oh. heat. It would just be moist. Yeah, but, I think you have all kinds of stuff stuck in the little crevices. <laughs> now you don't want that. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Dad. I love you. I'll, I love you too, man. Um, uh, we'll do this again sometime. Thanks. All right. Everyone that uh, listened, thank you for listening. Like I said, I'm going to try to get these out a little more regular. And uh, uh, thank you guys for any support or suggestions. Send them my way and uh, see what I can do. All right.